You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So during the week, we started the new song where it said, I will not fear the fire. I will not fear the wind. I will not fear the waves. Amen. And it started doing something inside my heart. And the biggest thing that stood out to me in that song is I was made to walk on waves. I was made to walk on water. And each one of us know what a storm is. Each one of us are either going into a storm right now, we may be in the middle of a storm, or we're coming out of a storm. Storms might be emotional storms, um, a storm in our body, psychological storms. What about economic storm? So we're all either coming through a storm, we're either in a storm, or we're either going out of a storm this morning. And no matter where you are, as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to get through that storm. You were made to walk upon the waves as long as your eyes are set on Him. As long as your eyes are set on Him. The disciples faced many storms as well in the times of Jesus, right? But this morning I'm going to focus on a specific storm which is the obvious one that we all think about, right? And that's when Peter is on the sea, on the lake, and there's a tremendous storm around him. And Jesus comes walking on the water. So we're going to look at that story in Matthew 14. So Matthew 14 starts with the beheading of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was in prison and he was beheaded and news got to Jesus. And Jesus was, was when he heard about the news, the, the one translation says he actually just withdrew to a secluded place. I really believe Jesus in his heart was really upset about what had happened. He was really perturbed because he loved John, right? And while he was in this place trying to get away from everybody and just quiet in his heart, crowds started gathering. Multitudes and multitudes started gathering. And Jesus was looking at these multitudes and his heart was moved with compassion. And he started healing them and setting them free and ministering to them. Today, church, when you come to Jesus, his heart is still filled with compassion for you. He's still ready to heal you, deliver you, and set you free. But this is where I pick up the story. So the disciples come to Jesus, and they say to him, Jesus, these people have been here the whole day. There's multitudes and multitudes of people. We only have a few fish and two loaves to feed them. What are we going to do? And Jesus says, even in his way, you see, every need is important to Jesus. When they came with healing, he was ready to heal them. When he came that they needed a teaching, Jesus was ready to teach them. But when they were hungry in their physical bodies, Jesus even felt that pain. And he said, seat them down. And he started feeding them from the small portion of food that they had. Amen. Straight after that, the people are still gathered. This is Belinda version. Okay, I'm going to read you the Bible as well. I'm just giving you a little bit of background. The people are gathered and they're all sitting down. And Jesus tells the disciples, I need you to go ahead of me to Galilee. So I want you guys to get on a boat and I need you to go to Galilee and I'll meet you there. I'm going to finish up with the people and I'll meet you in Galilee. So that's where we're picking up on the story in Matthew 14 verse 22 to 33. I'm going to read it for you. So Matthew 14 verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. 
Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to see them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So out of this text this morning, there are beautiful, beautiful revelations and and things that I can say but I'm going to focus on six points and I promise you by the grace of God you're going to remember at least one of them okay my first one is storms are often encountered in our obedience to Jesus many times we think storms are absolutely from the devil and there are storms that come from the enemy right but this storm was encountered because of their obedience to Jesus in Matthew 14 he said immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Who sent them into the boat? Jesus. Jesus sent them into the boat. Do you really think Jesus did not know that there was going to be a storm? Jesus sent them into the boat. And these disciples were completely in the will of God. You see, church, the holiest path is not always the smoothest path. Sometimes we think if we are just walking in the will of God, everything must go well. And yes, there are times where it goes very well. But when our heart is set on Jesus, that no matter what happens around me, it's going to go well with me, then it's different, right? I spoke to the band last week. I said there's a difference between being blessed and being happy. Being happy is a momentarial thing. Something on the outside causes me to be happy. But we are blessed. Blessed means I'm happy on the inside regardless of what's going on on the outside. Isn't that amazing? And God calls you the blessed. Amen? So Jesus gave his his disciples the instruction. He said, go to the other side. Many times, church, Jesus doesn't give us the details. He only gives us the direction. He didn't say to them, you're going to go on the boat. It's going to be about an hour on the boat. You're going to start feeling a little nauseous. The boat's going to be rocking. Don't worry. The sea is going to come. The waves are going to come. And guess what? You're not going to drown. (laughs) Amen? That's not how God works. He just gave direction. He never told them all the detail in the direction. There are certain things that only a storm can teach you. God knew there was going to be a storm on that boat. God knew they were going to encounter large waves. And God said, go. Have you ever noticed that in that text? The storm should remind us of the promises of God. This is my second one. The storm should remind us of the promises of God. Charles Spurgeon said, I thank God for every storm that wrecked me upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine having a prayer like that? Have you ever prayed something like that? (laughs) That's a hectic prayer, right? We thank God for Uncle Charles. He teaches us to remain very humble in the presence of the Lord. The storms remind us of the promises of God. Remember, Jesus said to them, get into the boat and go to the other side. Go to the other side. Did Jesus say, get in the boat and you will drown? Are you with me? Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side. 
He'd given a promise already. If they believed the promise that Jesus said, go to the other side, means Jesus will meet them on the other side, then they would actually start believing the word and they'll actually start enjoying the storm. Do you get me this morning? When life is difficult, church, remind yourself of the promises of God. This is another thing that a storm does. It gets us to stop our, our hearts and remind ourselves of the promises of God. But not just remind ourselves, we have to choose to believe them. We need to choose to believe them. We can say, God, in Hebrews, you say you will never, 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 never leave me. Never, never, never. And then we think, oh my gosh, where's God? Right? <laughs> I don't know if I've, I'm the only one that plays in that movie. I'm not speaking to you from a pedestal. I'm speaking to you from a platform. We all face the same storms, amen? The same thoughts, the same things in our hearts. So when you're in a storm, remind yourself of the promise. God said to the disciples, you will go to the other side. You will go to the other side. But keep your focus. Trust my promise. God said to them, you will go to the other side. You see, storms often tighten our focus, right? Didn't we get a lot more focused in COVID? We got a lot more focused on our bodies. We got a lot more focused being on our breathing, right? And we've got a lot more focused in what we believe is right and wrong. Am I, am I speaking to the right people this morning? But I want to ensure you, if you remind yourself of the promises of God in a storm, I promise you God is right there. An unknown author once said, one ship sails east and another west by the same wind that blows. It is the setting of the sail and not the gale that determines where we go. Amen. It's the setting of your sail, church, not the wind that determines where you go. How is your boat set? Which direction are you moving in? Ask yourself, which direction am I moving in? I'm facing a storm. Like I say, all of us here are maybe going into a storm, we're in the middle of a storm, or we're coming out of a storm. And that storm can be anything. But we have so many beautiful promises that in the storm we get, we get so distracted that we don't see that Jesus is so in control. Hallelujah. God is so in control. When I encounter that storm, I am going to take those promises of God and I'm going to remind myself what those promises are. If I'm needing healing in my body, I will speak to this body and I will say, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed. Amen? If I'm facing a financial crisis, I will say, my God supplies my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Amen? If I'm lonely, I will say, I will not be lonely because I know that God has never going to leave me or forsake me because that is a promise in his word but you know what church I said to my husband this morning we've got so used to our devices that we are not picking up our bibles our device is not the bible and yes we read our bibles on our devices me too amen it's very convenient but there's something about picking up the word of God there's something about picking up the bible and taking those promises into your life my third point. First point, when storms are often encountered in our obedience to Jesus. My second point, storms should remind you of the promises of God. My third point, even when we cannot see Jesus, Jesus sees us. I don't think you heard me. Even when I cannot see Jesus, Jesus sees me. 
You see, church, we often look past the detail in the word. The Bible says Jesus went up to the mountain to pray. In that area, from the mountain where they assume Jesus prayed from, or where they think Jesus prayed from, you could actually see the lake. You could see the sea. And it was over the time of Passover, so it was full moon. It was a full moon. So the disciples were in this, in this storm, and Jesus was praying on the mountain, and he was looking, and he could see them. In our storm, we think we're alone, but God sees us. He knew the height of the waves. He knew the dimensions of the boat. He knew the depth of the sea. I don't think you heard me. Jesus knows the height of the waves in your life, church. He knows the size of your boat. And he knows the depths of your sea. Just because the disciples didn't see him doesn't mean that he did not see them. Disciples thought, Jesus, where are you? We are drowning. You sent us on this boat. Yeah, Jesus sent you into a storm. And you think you're alone, but you aren't. His eyes were always on the boat. If he stood praying from the mountain, he could see the boat. There are times in our darkness where we cannot see him, but he sees you. Ladies, write this down. This is a good one. There are times in your darkness that you maybe did not see him. But don't be fooled. He sees you. He sees you and he knows you. Amen. He sees you and he knows you. My next point is Jesus comes to us at the right time. Not a minute too soon and not a minute too late. Who's, who's played in that movie before? <laughs> and Peter said to him in, in verse 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to walk on the water. Yeah, they're in the boat. They feel like they're drowning. There's many disciples in the boat, right? It's not just Peter in the boat. And it feels like they're drowning. And the first thing, Jesus is a ghost. Who's this person walking on the water? Who is he? And Peter calls out and he says, Jesus, if that is you, let me come to you. So we often judge Uncle Peter, right? Because Uncle Peter didn't keep his eyes on Jesus and he, and he sunk. My question this morning is, why did the other disciples not get off the boat? Right? There wasn't just one, rather a, a wet Peter than a dry, doubtful Thomas. Is that not true? I'd rather be a wet Peter. Who, who are you going to be, right? I'm going to rather be a wet Peter than a, than a dry Thomas. So he gets off the boat. It's between 3 and 6 a.m. Can you imagine? They've been in the storm for hours. There's a full moon. It's Passover. And Jesus says, come. That's my next point. God is a just-in-time God. He's just-in-time why? Because God's timing is designed to teach us to trust Him. Ladies, this is very good for you. I love the ladies, so we've got something very special planned for you as well. But God's timing is designed to teach you to trust Him sometimes. We always want the whole path. We want one, I, I don't know, ladies, I'm like that. I want step one, step two, step three, just like a recipe. And at the end of the day, there's my cake. And guess what? God doesn't give me the recipe. <laughs> and sometimes we have to just trust Him because His timing is designed for you to learn to trust Him. Because when we trust Him, it becomes different. When we trust Him, if we'd just taken the word in the beginning of the text that said, we are going to the other side, would there be all that anxiety in between? 
If they just believed him, he said, we will go to the other side. Sometimes we just want the storm to stop. I don't know who's ever felt that. You're just like, just stop the storm. Instead of just saying, God, I trust you. I know you are here in the storm with me. You see, we don't realize that the water that threatens to be over your head is under the feet of Jesus. The water that is threatening to drown you is the water Jesus walks on. It's his floor. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, the water that threatens to be over your head is under the feet of Jesus. Do you hear me this morning? The water that wants to flood your life is the water that Jesus sees as his floor. The water that threatens you over your head is the water that Jesus' feet walks on. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come on the water. My goodness, didn't he know what Jesus looked like by now? And immediately the text says, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. It wasn't a, let me think about saving you. And oh my goodness, have you been okay this last week? Um, what about all that doubt in your heart? Let's, let's just talk about that. Amen. No. Immediately, he stretched out his hand. Jesus had triumphed over the storm. And while Peter's eyes were on Jesus, Peter was triumphing over the storm. While our eyes are on Jesus, we can walk in the authority that Jesus is walking in. But as soon as we look at our anxiety and the things around us, we cannot walk in that authority. Do you hear what I'm saying? While he had his eyes on Jesus, the authority that Jesus had over the storm was his authority. Because Jesus had the storm under control. He has your storm under control. You're a Christian. The storm will not destroy you. You are not like those in the world. You are not like those without hope. You have the hope of glory living on the inside of you. You are a Christian. I don't think you heard me. You are a Christian. You are a born again Christian. You are a child of the most high God. The storm was not made to destroy you. The storm was made just to put you in a place of trust and saying, God, you've got me. God, you've got me. The next step, God, you've got me. The next step, God, you've got me. Jesus is a better savior than what you're a sinner. Jesus is a better savior than what you're a sinner. And goodness me, we can sin well. <laughs> He's a better savior. When the pain of life sometimes smashes into you in an instant, immediately God will be there. But he waited for Peter to say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. And this is my next point. Your ability to walk is dependent on your focus of your eyes. What are you focusing on? Jesus said, come, and Peter came. What are you focused on? What are you focused on? Jesus was walking with Peter on the water. Peter was participating in the authority of Jesus. When Peter stared at his problem, guess what? <laughs> the things around him became too much to handle. I've heard so many women say, and I've even said the words, this is just too much to handle. Right? Do I only play in that movie as well, ladies? This is just too much. 
Yes, it is too much, my darling. When we're keeping our eyes on the waves, it is way too much. <laughs> but if we keep our eyes on Jesus, Jesus will stretch out his hand and he will immediately be there for us. Amen? People often say, why didn't Peter just look at Jesus? And why didn't he just keep on looking at Jesus? Because Peter had the faith to get out the boat. I wonder how many people would have the faith even to get out the boat. So many times we start out pretty well. We're like, yeah, I got this. I'm, I'm born again. I'm a Christian. I'm walking in faith. I'm walking in power. I can do this. I can do this. God is with me. I'm going to get over it. And then suddenly the circumstances come and we change our focus. And you know what? It's not that Peter never had faith. His faith just didn't sustain him. Amen. We need to keep our faith. What is faith? Trust. We need to keep our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The height of the waves or the depths of the sea did not influence Jesus. The height of the waves and the depths of the sea did not influence Jesus. He was there from the beginning. If your wave is so high or your wave is so high, Jesus is right there to protect you and to help you and to be with you. You are safe in the precious arms of the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are safe in the precious arms of the Holy Spirit. You see, church, unfortunately, there's a Peter in every one of us. There's a Peter in every person on earth. He's a combination of courage and fear. He's a combination of reverence and respect. He's a combination of selfless devotion and dangerous self-love. Only Peter could promise that he would in the next second, never desert Christ. And then a few chapters later, oh my goodness, he's not even deserting him once, he's deserting him three times. <laughs> Amen. You see, there's a Peter in every one of us. But you know what? The, the word Peter became something very precious in the arms of Jesus. Because Peter means rock, right? And guess what? Rocks sink in water. Except when a rock has his eyes on Jesus. Do you hear what I'm telling you this morning? Peter's name meant rock. Your circumstances, your situation could tell you that you're a rock and you're going down. <laughs> but Jesus said, you know what? When that rock comes to me, it becomes something very different. You become the only man in the world to walk on water. He became the only man to walk on water. The rock. I would think Jesus would choose a disciple with the name Feather, right? <laughs> or I'm going to be okay. Or, or anything lighter than rock. <laughs> Let's take the rock and let him walk on water. Do you see how impossible it was in the natural and how possible it became in the hands of Jesus? Because even his name, what he meant, became something so beautiful in the hands of Jesus. We have to thank God for rescuing us over and over again. If you think back, gratitude is a beautiful thing. My husband often says to me, I say, this is so bad. He goes, compared to what? <laughs> That's something you can really take home with you. Compared to what? We have so much to be grateful for. Let's give our anxieties to Jesus. We cast our cares upon him and we know that the Lord will look after us. But can I say something quite candid this morning? Am I allowed to say something candid? 
we sometimes insult the Lord by questioning his authority in the storm. Can I say that again? We sometimes insult the Lord by questioning his authority in the storm. Do you get what I'm saying this morning? But I want to tell you, he can handle your storm. He can handle your burden. He can handle your problem. Because you know what, church, I'm going to put the cross in a different light for you this morning. Jesus had your storm in mind when he died on the cross. Jesus had your storm in, in mind when he died on the cross. He had your problem in mind when he died on the cross. And he has power over everything. He has power over the wind and the waves. We are on this earth. We are going to fight some battles. We're going to take some bruises. We're going to take some knockdowns. But my goodness, we know the end of the story. Do you know the end of your story? In Christ, it's success. In Christ, it's success. In Christ, it's health. In Christ, it's deliverance. In Christ, it's walking in power. It's walking in miracles. The captain of your ship will take you through any storm and get you to the shore. Yes, let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. The captain of your ship has already given you a promise. Read the end of the book. Who wins? We win, church. We win with Christ. We win. You have the entire story. You don't have to wonder. Peter, the rock that sank. <laughs> became the rock that Christ built his church upon. Because God doesn't put anything except a thousand percent over your head. Because he loved you enough to go to the cross for your storm. There's two ways to get through the storm, church. You can get through the storm as a survivor or a student of the storm. You choose. Ladies, it's time for ladies to stand up and say enough is enough. Enough is enough. I will not be labeled depressive. I will not be labeled anxiety. I will not be labeled fearful. I am strong because the God who lives inside of me gives me the strength to face every situation. Amen. Come on, ladies. We have to get a voice again. The, the devil has silenced our voice for too long. He silenced our song for too long. It's time to say enough is enough. I trust my captain. I trust my captain. I trust God. He gave me a promise. He said we are going to the other side and God will get me to the other side. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.